0: Testing, testing. It's on. One, two, one, two. Microphone checker. Microphone wrecker. Microphone pick up <laughs> Alright, let's give this a shot. What is life? What does it mean to heal? I'm a human. Hello, hello? Anybody there? Why are we here? figure it out together that's fun just to come play play in the podverse. what are we doing this is the turning of the bones podcast hello welcome to the turning of the bones podcast i am your host colby marie i am so glad you are here you glorious gales You superlative Stevens, you Dabber Dans, and you caring Carolinas, welcome to another episode of the Turning of the Bones podcast. How are you doing? I hope this podcast finds you well or however it needs to find you in this moment. I am your host, Colby Marie, and I am... In the middle of a really busy stretch, I have uh, picked up another side gig to uh, keep food on the table. So I've got three other side gigs and the podcast that I'm working on right now. I am running around and scrambling to uh, make things happen, to keep commitments. And thank you for the opportunity to unknowingly hold me accountable to this commitment I made to myself and to my audience to continue to try to record a podcast every week, get one out every week. Uh, thank you for that challenge and thank you for that that accountability. Uh, I find for myself, holding myself accountable is a really nice nice practice for me. It's It's nice for me to stay in touch with my values uh to act in integrity to myself and i know when i don't do that i i feel a little bit off i experience that cognitive dissonance which is like a psychic itchy brain kind of makes you want to squirm out of your skin so thank you for this opportunity to sit down and have another chat and to act in alignment with my values uh I have had an incredibly long and beautiful week, and I wanted to sit down and chat about being alone and the feeling of loneliness, the feeling of separation, that fear that I mentioned early on in the podcast uh, in the first three episodes, if you're a new listener, I did a series on the root fears that we all share, and one of those fears is separation. And I know for me, when I'm going through a challenging time with a lot of complicated emotions and relationships to navigate and communication and schedules and commitments and taking care of myself and making sure that I'm rested and well fed that a lot of times I experience a larger feeling of separation in those times Um, I can definitely get swept away in the doing and completing of tasks and Filling my days with productivity. I'm glad that that is a skill that I've learned. You know how to put my nose to the grindstone when there's work to be done and the way in which, I'm really grateful for the way in which that sometimes gives my emotional body and my uh, subconscious a break from the things that are going on in my personal life or the things that are affecting me socially or politically. Um, sometimes tapping into work can really help clear some space for some insights and for some clarity. Um, but I've definitely been sitting with this feeling of loneliness that is not from—it's kind of—it's—it's it's different than not being around people. Because you can, you know, you can surround yourself with people to numb and you can fill your social calendar with events, um, with your friends, um, in a way to distract yourself that can be, you know, healthy or out of balance. Um, But I'm talking more about this kind of existential sense of separation that I remember feeling for the first time when I was, I think, around 10. I think I was in the third grade. And I was in my homeroom class in elementary school. And I remember looking around the room and having the realization, and maybe you've had this realization too, that I'm the only one looking out of these eyes. And I remember looking up from my desk and looking around at all the other students and kind of having this feeling that they were the only ones looking out of their eyes. And that, you know, I've always had this intense curiosity and just this this driving curiosity to understand other people, to understand things, to... uh, solve puzzles, you know, and especially you may be coming to understand this about me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, the the psychosomatic, the social constructs, the some of these intangible puzzles have been on my mind since I was a little kid. And I remember looking around that room and I had a really profound moment of realizing that I would never be able to look at myself objectively or subjectively through somebody else's eyes I would never be able to see you know and I don't think I had this level of clarity at 10 but I would never be able to see you know how my actions or my behaviors led up to the impression that other people would have of me that and I remember being profoundly terrified by this, like the sense of existential dread that I felt as a kid, you know, I think it I felt extraordinarily uh, isolated as a child quite frequently, but like this 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 particular one just realizing that the only thing. The only vantage point I would ever have in my life would be looking out of these two eyes. Um, <laughs> I think it's why uh, at some point I really enjoyed video games, you know, the first player video games where you could uh, you could be a character and see out of their eyes and solve the problems that have been laid out in their storyline. I really got way into video games as a kid i a teenager and into my 20s. Um, and I still enjoy them. I just don't have the time or the space for them. Um, but I remember feeling... You know, now it, it's interesting. Now that I'm reflecting about it, it gives me a sense of calm. And I feel a sense of peace with this. That, that I'm the only one looking out of these two eyes. That I'm the only one having these particular the series of internal experiences and so as I am getting ready to move which is always a stressful uh, transition you know uh, transitions are incredibly challenging for human beings Uh, the transitions we go through throughout the day are really a lot of times that our mind gets away from us um, living in the future living in the past uh, it's really challenging to be in the present during a transition in liminal spaces. When I was teaching high school, um, if I was working with a student who had emotional behavioral diagnosis a lot of time, uh, the work that I would do with that student would be to assess first like how are they handling transitions, how I would do observations and I would see like, you know, how did they handle coming into a classroom? Was the teacher being consistent? Playing out expectations, or was it kind of like a free for free for all? You know, and the teacher expected the students to kind of know what to do because um, it transitions—it's—it's it's hard. We need clear expectations around them. We need clear, clear parameters because they are kind of nebulous spaces in our life without a lot of definition. You know, once you're at work, you're at work. But like the space in between leaving the house and getting to work. I mean, you can see it in road rage, you can see it in how people drive, um, you know. That that time in between leaving your house and getting to work is a time for a lot of stress for a lot of people. People speed around because they're terrified of being late or letting somebody down. There's so many behaviors that I'm sure any of you have seen on the road, and that's that's a transition period for people, and so... I've really been challenged the past week with the ways in which my mind kind of just freaks out <laughs> during transitions. And even with my meditation practice and the routines and structures I have, it's, it's more challenging during a transition period to keep those intact. And so I've been having a bit of existential separation panic accompanied by or brought on by the circumstances of my life and so the other morning I was feeling I woke up feeling anxious you know my brain just was racing it was like oh I have to finish this I have to finish this how do I schedule it where do I lay it out you know I. I enjoy a to-do list and a calendar, and I use those, but it doesn't stop my brain from thinking of better ways to do it or worrying about if I'm going to have enough time to get lunch. And so I've just been waking up kind of anxious and going back to some old tools that I have for that uh, that I just kind of came up with on my own because I used to wake up, you know, anxiety. Like, if you've experienced anxiety, it's like... I feel like my life has seasons, and some of those seasons are very anxious seasons, and so when I was younger, I remember realizing at some point, I think I was dating somebody, and I, I kind of realized that like not everybody woke up anxious, and so I was like, oh, I wonder if there are things I can do to help myself. You know, because waking up is a, a transition. It's a transition from sleep to the day. It's a challenging time for a lot of people. We're not fully present. A lot of people are like, "Don't talk to me till I've had coffee," which is basically, "Don't talk to me till I've," you know, done some part of my morning routine that helps me come back into my body and my brain. And so, I woke up pretty anxious, and I do this thing where all lay on my back with my hand on my stomach and a hand on my chest and I just take deep breaths and I go in my nose for four and out my mouth for five or in my nose for six and out my n- mouth for seven and I kind of just start by refocusing on the breath and then because the anxiety's in my body and it kind of needs to go somewhere what I start doing While I'm breathing is I'll start rotating my ankles uh, counterclockwise and I'll do that ten times. And then I do it keep breathing and I'll rotate my ankles clockwise ten times. And then I'll do my left ankle clockwise and my right ankle counterclockwise and I do that ten times. And then to round it out I'll do... My left ankle counterclockwise and my right ankle clockwise ten times. I think I covered all, all, all of the directions you can do there. But that's it's kind of my routine, and it helps me kind of get out of anxiety to me is a really kind of it, it feels like wind. It's, it's not grounded, and so doing the breathing, moving my feet. It helps me get back into my body where I feel like I have a sense of autonomy and control and I can, you know, start my day without panicking about, you know, am I going to get a podcast out? When am I going to get this job done? When am I going to get that job done? Oh my gosh, did I put that on my list? I better double check. Where's my computer? Did I charge it? And, you know, my brain is... And that just kind of helps slow it down to a manageable portion to a manageable speed, and I did that, and I kind of got up, I put my feet on the ground, I take a few more breaths, and just kind of sit on the edge of the bed, and then I got up, and I've been staying at my uh, sister's house for a little bit to get a break from my living situation, because it's a bit stressful for me, and so I was like, oh, I need to you know, have my stuff here, I should go get a coffee, walk the dog. And, so I, I got a coffee, oh, yeah, yeah, I went, no, how to go, sorry, start over. I was walking down the street, and I have been smoking cigs again, uh, it's been, it's been okay, it's been fine, I've been really stressed, so, you know, that's come back in here and there to kind of help me feel a sense of control over something. While my life feels a little bit out of control and I've just been being patient with that. It is what it is, continuing to exercise and try to eat well, but that's that's there. And so I was walking down the street and smoking a cig, walking my dog, and this gentleman came up to me who uh, looked like he was without housing at the time, and he asked me if I could have a cigarette, if he could have a cigarette. And I was like, oh, no, uh, I would love to give you one, but I left them back at my house. And I was like, oh, if you're going to be here for a while, I'm going to be headed out to uh, work in a bit. Um, I could bring you some. And he said, oh, that would be great. Yeah, I'll be here. And so I I walked the dog and went on a walk, then went back to the house. and I got my stuff kind of organized. I got dressed to go do this job that I was pretty anxious about getting started, getting some uh, progress going on, and I went down to uh, see the guy I had met, and he was still there, you know, I was really happy to see that he hadn't left, and I was a little worried, you know, maybe I'd be letting him down, you know, somebody else who promised him something and didn't come back, it's really important to me to keep my word, that's a part of me acting integrity and in alignment with my values and I handed him the cigarettes and he asked me this question you know I I think I said how's your day going you know you doing alright and he looked up at me and said do you ever get scared and I said oh yeah all the time I'm actually a little little frightened this morning he said yeah yeah me too he said you know what scares me is the idea of nobody i said oh yeah that's a that's a really heavy existential question that's a really heavy that's a big fear i was like what do you mean by nobody, you know, because I, I have my definition of that. My brain went to a certain place, but I was really curious, you know, what was this guy talking about? And he mentioned, he went on to say, well, the idea that, like, there's nobody but me, or the idea that nobody cares, or the idea that that nobody nobody's gonna help right the idea that nobody's gonna talk to you I said yeah that's that's really terrifying do you mind if I like sit down and and talk with you for a minute so you know would that be all right would that help you feel like you're not alone and he said yeah that would be great I said but how about a cup of coffee and he was like yeah great so went and grabbed us a cup of coffee and came back and sat down, introduced myself, and um, I sat and chatted with him for a minute, and as I got to know him, I found out that he was uh, my age, almost exactly. I think we were both born in 1976 in September. Um, And we just sat and had a little chat about about life and our experiences and our dreams. And he told me, you know, his dreams were to uh, one day go skydiving and to one day go surfing and to one day go snowboarding. And he told me about a time that he'd gotten to go to a cabin up in the mountains and he got to see nature and be out of the city and the peace and the calm. That he felt and we talked a little bit more about feeling alone and about how just stopping for a minute to talk to somebody can help you feel alone because at some point pretty early on in the conversation i realized i wasn't really helping like we were both helping each other out you know jason had asked me for a cigarette and asked me to sit and chat for a little bit but everything that Jason needed were the same things I needed um, it seemed like you know the to feel like we weren't alone and to feel like we had dreams and to feel like there were things that we wanted to do in this life. And Jason went on at some point to tell me that he, he was gonna keep trying and that he never gave up because he had made a promise to himself that, that he was gonna live the life that he wanted to live and that he was going to be able to do the things that he wanted to do. And and it sounded like Jason lived a pretty interesting life. You know, he told me about, like, being interested in making his own food and making his own healthcare products. Like, he told me about going to a Juneteenth celebration in Chicago where he met a lot of lovely people who accepted him for who he was and that there was uh, people who were making lotions and oils and shea butters and he just sounded like a really curious person uh really interested in living life um, but he shared that fear with me this fear that nobody is going to know what it's like to be me and I mean, I had that realization when I was in third grade. I was 10, so it was 34 years ago. And from time to time, that fear and that feeling of uh, separation kind of comes back. And I asked Jason about it. I was like, well, you know, what do you do when you feel alone? And he said, well, I've always felt that there was something... that was infinitely big, that was outside of myself, that was kind of filled up the whole universe, that I also felt inside my chest. And he, like, touched his heart and held his hand over his heart and kind of patted. And it was kind of this really beautiful moment of acknowledging the thing that is the same in all of us and i've heard that talked about a lot in spiritual communities and uh, yoga and meditation and for a moment i was reminded that that thing that jason was talking about is the same in all of us and that I'm really afraid of being the only one to know that (laughs) and you know in that moment there was like such a beautiful moment when Jason shared that of like deep connection you know I felt you know it wasn't like we were both saying oh this this cup of coffee's warm we weren't both acknowledging a shared experience of like uh, our senses we were sharing this like deep felt sense of uh interconnectedness um even inside both of our fear that there was something inside of us that was kind of outside of us and inside of us it's kind of hard to describe but that like we were never really never really alone and it was beautiful. I sat down and chatted for about an hour with Jason, and it really helped me to just take a pause, um, do something nice for somebody, get outside of my own head, and try to like really listen and connect with somebody and. <sighs> It was really great. Um, when I uh, walked away, Jason touched his heart to kind of say goodbye, and I touched my heart, which was, you know, a little bit surreal because that's something I've only really experienced in India. Um, that was kind of it's a greeting of of reverence that uh, people do in the places I visited in India. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, the sameness in me, or the oneness in me, or God in me recognizes God in you. Um, How you doing, God? What's up, God? You know, (laughs) it's like back and forth, like we're both divine mysteries. What would you like to eat, you know, or uh, what can I get you uh, from behind the counter at the store or the, uh, the vending stall? And... That little moment of grace really really helped me out that morning. It it gave me the fuel to kind of feel like I could tackle all of the things that I had on my plate, that I could simultaneously accomplish my tasks and be with this kind of deep emotional fear that I was feeling that was brought about by the circumstances of, you know, my schedule and needing to move and the uncertainty of where I'm going to live and the discomfort I'm feeling with some of my personal relationships in the house that I live in. it kind of like that interaction kind of created the space for me to remember and that, that I was okay and that I wasn't actually, the idea of being separate is a thought. The idea of uh, that that insight I had when I was a kid it's like true and it's not it's like yes I, I, I'm i an independent uh, locus of awareness loci of awareness um, we're like I'm the only one seeing this I'm the only one that had the experience of my childhood I'm the only one that had the experience of my mourning I'm the only one that has the experience of uh tending my garden and the emotions that come up inside of that work. And there's something that I share with everybody and there are things that are universal that aren't thought constructs. And I'm really grateful. You know, it felt like I would describe that as grace. Um, In my experience, in my journey healing and doing the work of doing talk therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy and somatic therapy and yoga and meditation and the work that i've done there have been times that are really similar to how i felt the past week or two where i feel so overwhelmed by The work that I've invited in, whether it's intrapersonal work or interpersonal work or financial work or creative work. I've felt I think what what's referred to therapeutically is flooded, you know, where I can't. There's just too much stimuli. There's too much coming in and take a little sip of water. And in those 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 places where i'm flooded or overwhelmed or discombobulated or however you want to refer to it i have historically panicked and i just i it's like i'm grasping at straws like i'm treading water and you know i'm like oh well maybe this will work maybe if i get a tarot reading or maybe if i talk to my therapist or maybe if i talk to this friend who i really value their wisdom and their insights or maybe if i just you know, quit smoking, or maybe if I eat better, or if like, you know, I get enough sleep, or if I take a bath, or if I do the right yoga pose, like something like anything help me not feel so flooded or overwhelmed. And I think it's really normal to kind of kick and flail during those times. And it's a really normal human response when our our psychic landscape and our emotional landscape kind of get flooded with information or memories from the past or situations in the present. It's hard to kind of parse those things out. And I I would, I would call like during those times, I think that that's when I pray, you know, to whoever, whatever I pray to, um, And I ask, I ask something kind of simple, like, let me, I pray that I'm present when grace comes my way again. Because I know that my life has been a blessing. Uh, The challenges, the joys, the sadness, the grief. I know that I've felt grace and... In that moment, you know, sitting down to talk to a stranger. um, Kind of getting myself out of the way and just talking to Jason the way I would talk to anybody. You know, I'm not trying to fix you. I'm not trying to solve the problems of your life. I'm just trying to connect. Um, That In that moment, what I felt was grace. I felt something bigger than me, that simultaneously comes from inside me, I felt it kind of fill my reality and my experience that like, when I don't know who to talk to or what to do, that the universe or God or serendipity or the goddess or whatever however you relate to that thing that there was something looking out for me and i think that's that to me helps with that feeling of separation and loneliness that i experienced when i was in third grade um, the experience of not just kind of filling my life up socially because I did that as a kid I was a social just busy body I had all the friends I did all the things I couldn't stand being alone with my thoughts and my emotions I'm not talking about that kind of uh, like that was you know a certain kind of grace but like if, what I'm talking about is like the feeling of connectedness connectedness that doesn't need um, that doesn't need anything besides what it is you know and I, I feel that in nature sometimes when I'm flooded or overwhelmed it's harder for me to feel like laying on the earth or working in the garden it's a little bit more difficult for me to do and sometimes that grace comes through miraculous strangers um and i really i walked away from that kind of having the feeling like i was visited by an angel or a guardian angel or i was visited by god just in that moment that i could sit down and have a conversation with someone who was experiencing or had experienced similar things and we could kind of connect about it you know we uh We talked about what it was like to have nightmares and how interesting dreams are. We talked about point break. (laughs) Um, Talked about shea butter and Juneteenth. And we talked about how long a day can feel. And I think sometimes the feeling of separation makes time go by really slowly and I was really grateful for that connection and to be reminded that that grace is always there and that um, you know there's something inherently blessed about all these experiences and that when I feel like like I'm at the end of my rope that something happens that's completely outside of my control or completely outside of the world that I've constructed or to remind me that, you know, to be humble, to be grateful... To not take shit quite so fucking seriously, you know, like to have (laughs) to have a beautiful conversation with another human who had experienced mental health issues and diagnosis and had struggled to participate in mainstream society in some of the ways that I have to experience a connection with another person my age and to look in their eyes and to smile and laugh and to share our fears even in like a little vignette um, it was so full of all the things that I think are beautiful about life and being a human and it really put me back in touch with that because there's so many times in my life where I just take myself way too fucking seriously and I don't think I'm alone in that I think that Conflicts or challenges or, you know, things I, I just don't feel like I have the time for because I feel like, you know, I'm too old for that or whatever, you know. Anytime, like, I'm kind of too twisted in my own britches and I'm taking myself way too seriously and I'm taking this life way too seriously, um, you know, it's like something. The universe or God or the goddess something comes in and supports me through those moments and reminds me that yeah it's okay to be terrified of nobody helping or nobody coming or being totally alone and point break was still a movie (laughs) you know skydiving is still a dream that uh that people have, you know, we, we talked for quite a while about how cool surfing would be, and I've never surfed. I've skateboarded for 30 some oh. years. Um, and I was able to be grateful for the community I found in skateboarding and the communities I've found in yoga and, you know, the things that I have that I need help from the universe to remember sometimes. And so, hell yeah to grace just a big fuck yeah to (laughs) to grace and I hope that this podcast wasn't too esoteric too rambly Uh, but I think that I think that that's kind of the the thing I wanted to communicate that like sometimes life really gets chaotic and feels well out of our control and you know there's there's a truth to that you know like most things are out of our control uh, there's a great line from aa that 99 of what's going on around me has nothing to do with me um, and i think we all feel that and i've been feeling that pretty heavily lately and it it exacerbates my fears and it puts me in the fear centers in my brain it puts me in my brain stem and my emotional center gets me in my amygdala and I have a hard time because of my history and my neurology accessing my frontal lobe and I'm really grateful that there's grace out there that Jason was out there the other morning to help me get back in my frontal lobe Um, you know to take a minute to to sit down and see if this person was present and able to talk and um see where they were and see where i was and i was lucky we were both present and sober um, probably in some some part of a trauma response equally but we got to sit down just kind of have a little chat like with a friend that had experienced the same thing and so thank you to jason thank you to the grace of the universe for for reminding me that there's something that we share and that feeling alone and lost in a sea of experience is uh, it's something we all go through from time to time and the things that help us not feel alone are connecting to one another spiritually, emotionally, um, physically, um, conversationally. And I just hope and pray that you can experience grace to some degree, that when you're at your wit's end that grace finds you and that you, you don't feel quite so alone and i'll be here every week have these little chats i hope that they are helpful i hope that uh, my intention to continue to have them as a as a source of connection and to share things that are healing for me and to share my stories that it's it's bringing you something some benefit and so with that it is time for my financial plug if you are getting something from this podcast, this is a listener-supported podcast. It's really a sweet model uh, based off of a, a for us us, a DIY mentality that we uh, we want to have sponsors on here uh, telling us what to do, that we can create this together. Um, so if you are getting something from this and you buy me dinner or a... Uh, cup of coffee once a month head over to my patreon page www.patreon.com slash turning of the bones you can sign up to be a monthly patron you can also head over to my website www.turningofthebones.com i've got some blogs i've got a link to the patreon and it's going to keep exploring what this means Uh, Share it with a friend if you like it. Go over to iTunes, leave a review. uh, Follow it on Spotify. All these things really help me get it out there as I continue to figure out how to grow this and see where this this experiment is going to take me, take us. So grateful for all of my listeners. I really appreciate your support and your feedback. It's so important and invaluable to me. Uh, And I really look forward to creating a community here where we can support each other through, through this thing called life. Um, so, as the plane flies over and my microphone picks up a little ambient air travel, I will say, Fare thee well. Look out for one another. Look out for yourself. Take care. In of the Bye now.